and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast where we aim to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan, and with me each and every week are two men so similar, so toxic, that they could have been birthed by Rory Kinnear, Chris Brodell, Hello. And Shane Beauregard. What's up? The bad boys of independent podcasting. My favorite guys to talk to. Can't wait to get through this show. It's a big show for us on tap today. Uh, later on in the show, we will preview the upcoming fourth season of Stranger Things on Netflix. See what is going on with the Hawkins, Indiana water supply and why these high school kids look like they're third year med students. But first, let's get into our recent activity. All right, so recent activity this week is very simple. We all saw the same movie. Yay! Uh, (laughs) Or maybe not yay. We'll get to that in a minute uh, because the movie we're going to cover is Men, which, uh, you know, as soon as I saw I think we were kind of all going back and forth with memes like, Every time I think of it is Men on Film, the uh, the In Living Color sketch with the <laughs> Damon Wayans and uh, David Allen Greer. Yeah, hated it, which maybe we did. We'll get to that in a sec. Um, but this, of course, is the new Alex Garland movie uh, starring Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear. Shane, I want to start with you. Um, what is your relationship with Alex Garland before we get even into this film? Because I thought we were all kind of fans. We were all kind of waiting for this movie to come out. Right. Um, I loved his first film, Ex Machina, and I was a fan of Annihilation, as weird as that movie kind of got. Yeah. It was a little trippy towards the end. I dug it, though. I, I like his visuals. I like his, his writing. I just like him overall. And then I was this is a movie I was looking forward to. I didn't know what to expect, per se. I knew it might be pushing into the weird zone, and it, it got there. Yeah. I didn't know, like... <laughs> All the flag, red flags, potential red flags were kind of there, but I didn't dive into them because I trusted Alex Garland to put out a product that at least to me would be conceptually interesting or or at least present some information or something to chew on as time would progress. Um, this is a movie that uh, is about a young woman who goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside following the death of her ex-husband. Um, that's even kind of loose, that definition right there, the whole ex-husband part. Um, but definitely heading towards that direction. Chris, you know, I believe you were also an Alex Garland fan. When you saw, I believe you saw at least a trailer. I don't think they had multiple trailers for this one. But when, like, the marketing started to come out, did you have a feel for what you thought this movie was going to be? No clue. I had, um, seen the, the first trailer, I think before I saw some movie in in the theater and i kind of forgot i saw it i saw it so many times i'm going to be very honest. Yeah. every time i yeah. went to the movies it was playing so i saw it a million times but it seemed to be just the only one it seemed like you know with a title like men as simple as it is it seems forgettable yeah sure and i it left my mind and then i saw it again and i'm like oh that's that movie okay all right and yeah. you know the the only name I recognized that was attached to it was Alex Garland. Right. Everyone else, I'm just like, okay, how do I know these people? And yeah, uh, it's it, weird because Jesse Buckley is slowly becoming a star. She was nominated for an Oscar last year and everything else. But I think we were talking uh, previously where it's like 
she hasn't had that role yet, which is like she's gonna be a star. Right. You know, like she that is her breakout, quote unquote. And, you know, this is an A twenty four movie. We've spoken their praises this year, of course, with everything everywhere all at once and mm-hmm. and looking forward to a bunch of other films they have coming up, like Marcel the Shell or or any of these other ones. Uh Bodies, 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 uh we talked about in our preview thing. But this one, man, like I, I I shouldn't have looked at reviews beforehand or after, to be quite honest, because beforehand I read one just as I was getting into the movie theater. I saw this on Sunday night, and it's uh, we're recording Tuesday, and my God, uh, it's it said it harked back to the feeling they had when they watched Darren Aronofsky's Mother, and I was mm. like, oh oh, it's gonna be one of those, but I was still optimistic because it's Alex Garland. And then uh, the two headlines of the reviews that I definitely felt embodied how I felt about the movie afterwards. I think I shared this with you guys. Uh, One was a kiddie pool that thinks it's deep. And the other one was simultaneously too much and not enough. And I think that's about right. Because even though it's a movie that kind of speaks to something that, you know, you see a lot or feel in the ether right now, it's very topical in a way, yeah. uh, in the fact that it's talking about, you know, the kind of mental terrorism that toxic reactions, especially from the male side, can happen to women, um, not taking them so seriously or kind of placing blame or doing these things. I understand all that. But ultimately, after watching this, I felt like it was a first draft of a script or a quick pandemic idea, especially because it only has you know, limited location and limited number of roles that have to be filled. It just seems like it would have made for a better one hour black mirror or twilight zone episode than a feature film. It felt very thin weirdly, because if you watch the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, you still got it to me, (laughs) which is so sad because all the visuals and all the chunk in the middle should be what really amps it up. And at times I felt that terror. I felt like, those performances as they were going on but a lot of times it was very hard especially i say this to you chris to feel grounded and know where the the break in reality is and what's really what i'm supposed to be focusing on to really kind of get this script so i I don't know i thought we kind of bonded over that do you have any uh feelings on that in particular yeah uh i i think that's essentially what's missing from it is and you you made reference to mother which i did enjoy i got something out of it i apologize shane i got something (laughs) out of it but with mother it was one thing throughout it was fantastical it was this uh otherworldly right uh, situation going on throughout this one was you're waiting for the shoe to drop you're waiting for which reality are we supposed to believe right now uh she's going through all this mental anguish uh from beginning to end but you don't have it tethered anywhere for us to say oh this is all in her head oh right this is you know actually happening nothing nothing indicated that kind of weakens it yeah and especially like the ending you and i talked about at length too where it was like okay, if everything has been maybe a delusion or fake, then why is there so much damage at the end that makes it seem like it was real in some fashion? 
Um, and I know Shane, like, I think we talked about it too. The relationship between Jesse Buckley and her, her, uh, her ex-husband, all that footage, you don't know enough about the ex-husband of how he was before or after or what's going on to really right. feel a sense of any of that too. Do you have anything on that, Shane? Like, no, I, I, I was thinking the same thing because I, I, I'll be honest with you, I checked myself out of this movie pretty early, um, <laughs> but there wasn't enough there for that character arc or like the relationship. I didn't care about it. There wasn't enough there. In fact, what do you have, like three three scenes, I think? They had like three flashback scenes. Just about, about that. Yeah. 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 And they didn't give you much to go on. And uh, like you guys just said, I didn't know what was real, like what was in her head, what was going on. The pacing was just torturously slow, and if it wasn't for this podcast, I would have got up and walked out of the theater, uh, <laughs> because this did remind me of Mother, which uh, got a visceral response from me, as Chris will tell you. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I kind of felt the same way here. I just didn't care. Like I just wanted to get out. I wanted to pull my ripcord and get out of the theater, <laughs> but I couldn't. I had to stick it out for you guys. Um, we appreciate because, that. Because again, yeah. there's just... Listen, you guys know me. I don't want to do a deep dive into like the thought process and all the metaphors and what the themes he's playing with, like what the apples meant. Like, I, and then you had that end scene, which man, that just will leave a, a, an impression in your mind that you can't get rid of for quite you, some time. You mean before her friend shows up? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That yeah. whole sequence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the mangina monologues that uh, yes. was going on. It was uh, it was insane. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but this movie is very hard to to kind of fully really ana- an- analyze, but without saying certain things. But right, yeah, there's such a like you know even from the trailer that everyone has like Rory Kinnear's face, but you don't know when you're about to watch the movie that that's like everybody, it, mm-hmm. like outside of like one other person in the flashbacks to the ex husband, it's everybody. And if that's so obviously not reality then how what is reality what did she actually need to go through because if there's so much devastation at the end i don't know what she's responsible for why she would have to go through all that it's 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 tough like you said we're not fully grounding to the film itself or knowing whether anything like uh she visits a uh i don't know if it's like a church monastery whatever it is yeah um and all the the kind of imagery that they use that they kind of replay a couple times in the in the movie as well is that presenting something like I, I think I said this to you guys too off air where I was like uh, is this like a Marvel movie where I'm supposed to see something and know yeah. what that is is that the tesseract is there a yeah. reason why this is all going on is she cursed is the town cursed um, you know is this a religious play that I don't understand because I'm you know too much of a not like spirit i'm more of a spiritual not churchy person like i don't get it so i think i said this to you guys too it's one of those movies that makes you feel like am i dumb or is this dumb and ultimately based on the reviews and a lot of the people i trust their opinions i think it's leaning towards the this was kind of dumb period (laughs) and obviously shane i know (laughs) you're (laughs) you're more into that category than us but and the more i think about it i just Outside of some of the impressive visuals, and I like the two actors that are in most of the movie, I just don't know. I just don't know what to to hang on to to be like, no, it's worth at least checking out. It's worth getting to the discussion. Because some, some movies, 
have like a philosophy to them or something to where you can kind of point to and go, all right, no, there's more here. If you like get into this or whatever, I don't see that. And that's where I I start to look inward, but I should be more analyzing why didn't that come across in this movie? Oh, agreed. Uh, I think the other thing is uh, I, I think I'd be very angry if I was the only one in the theater there was one other person. Uh, if I was the only one in the theater and I had no one to really bounce some of the ideas I got from it yeah, off of. Like, if I didn't have you two guys, I think I'd be <laughs> banging my head against the wall saying, what does it all mean? Sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I got a sense of what he was trying to say. But as you've discussed, uh, there was no uh, reality tethered to any part of this. But the end kind of says there is a reality because we saw we saw the damage yeah if her friend is supposed to be the grounded reality (laughs) right then i don't understand what transpired mostly in between or the inverse is actually also makes me feel sad is if i do understand what's going on which like i said if kind of seems almost paper thin obvious what's going on yeah then i don't think that's enough to make a movie even though the movie is an hour and a half uh shane said he felt like well like a three-hour movie it sure did <laughs> i mean it uh, it, it felt every bit of a three-hour movie and that's not good come on two and a half at least <laughs> it's it does it is no. pretty short but i will say like it's one of those movies i think i've said this to shane on my old podcast like a lot i get very frustrated with the movie that is if it's an hour and a half, but it feels like it should have been either an hour or two hours, because somewhere there's a movie with more layers and some, some a stronger message or you know a, a better tethering to these relationships or the grounded reality that we're bouncing off of, or it's just a freak out and you watch the hour version that you're like, that's a cool Black Mirror episode. So like, this is neither. And I think that's where the frustration level goes and why this movie at last I saw had a uh, 6.5 IMDb score, which is not uh, very good. And I think Letterboxd is very similar, like maybe it's a three or something similar. So not very good. Um, And I think from the three of us, even uh, with Chris and I being a little more optimistic than Shane, like we weren't in full walkout mode, but I... (laughs) I think we were still not impressed, which is sad because, again, Alex Garland is someone that I like. Ex Machina was one of my favorite movies of the 2010s, let alone of the year it was released. And I want him to make more movies that kind of challenge or do things. But this is not it. This felt like a movie that got greenlit during the pandemic because it was an idea that was cheap and easy to kind of make and with limited actors and locations and just it didn't make sense. Well, I guess we could all say, uh, hated it. <laughs> there you go. Shane, I love you in the callbacks, my friend. Oh, that guy's not just me. That's <laughs> awesome. So, men, that was men. And obviously, that is our recent activity for the week. But I think brighter skies are coming up, right, guys? Because we have a huge weekend of stuff. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. We got Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. starting. Uh, the movie Emergency on Amazon Prime. But... Maybe, to some people, the crown jewel of the weekend is Volume 1 of Stranger Things Season 4. And after this break, we'll come back and preview that season for you. So stay tuned. 
Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blur with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yeah, another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment Family. All right, welcome back. We are going to get into Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1, coming out this Friday. And I think the three of us... We're, we're excited. Maybe Chris a little bit less, and we'll get into why that is in a moment. But I uh, hate kids. <laughs> get off <Sorry>. my lawn. <laughs> we, we had to wear onions on our belts, and we liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, fine. We could, we could start there, Chris, because I think your biggest bone of contention is that it's been three Full years almost since yeah. season three. A time off so long, by the way, that we almost got two Anoa Holmes movies in that time because the new right? one will probably be out in the fall. So by the time this all wraps up, we might have gotten two, which is bananas. Uh, but I will say that to me, I'm glad for the time off because I'm hoping, much like the writer's strike from like over a decade ago, that some shows were able to take longer to like hone in the vision of what they wanted to do going forward and can refocus. Are you enthused at all? Or is it kind of like, God, I just needed to get here already. So that way I could just stop talking or stop thinking about it. <laughs> okay. You want an analogy or, or a little look into uh, my mind. You give a student a period of time to do the homework, right? Uh-huh. Hey, writers, there's, you know, a little break. Why don't we just tweak it a bit, make it the best it is? Okay. I got how long? A couple weeks? Awesome. I'll do that. Huh. I'll do it tomorrow. (laughs) I'll do it tomorrow. The last night before you have to hand it in. Holy crap. Let me get it over with. Um, That could also be what's going on behind the scenes. So I'm a little tentative on my enthusiasm for the show because I feel... Uh, uh, some time has passed. These kids are old AF as the kids <laughs> say. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it was like within a year they shot up. They, they were just, they grew up quick. Yeah. There was something, as you said, in the water and they are just, their voices sound like this. It's like, oh my <laughs> yeah, God. Their balls dropped. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. yeah. And it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's uh, weird because they did named episode one Lucas got pubes. I don't know. That was a little on the nose that they kind of went full bore with that. But see, that's that's last minute writing for you. You know, it's <laughs> like, what are we going to call this one? Yeah. Lucas well, we got did pubes. We did put it out on Twitter, like what people taking the temperature of what people felt. And I felt like the only criticisms were similar to yours, where it's like, God, what happened with this whole time? It seems like they just made the episodes longer because if you look at how much time this first volume is, 
the shortest episode is an hour three, which I think they were all like 45 minutes previously. Yeah. And the longest episode in this particular season is a whopping two and a half hours for the season finale. Yeah. So people kind of lost it. They were like, oh, my God, do I have this much time? I think because a lot of people look at like I have to watch this in a weekend or I'm going to be lost. Yeah. Um, so I understand that kind of anxiety <laughs> over it. But to me, I, I'm more optimistic, hoping that they kind of ironed out what is a lot of storylines uh, that ended after season three. Um, because just for everybody, kind of like a recap of like where things left off and what we kind of maybe saw in the trailer, if you saw it, or the first eight minutes. I don't want to go too much in the first eight minutes because it's just not extraneous, but I could see why they put the first eight minutes because it's like kind of like, it's not going to have to do with the grand scheme of the first episode, probably, mm -hmm. but it'll be something larger, maybe for the the season as a whole. Um, okay, I need this, so I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> so Eleven, of course, is the the main focus of the show, and the big thing with her is number one, she lost her powers, uh, and the other part is that after thinking that Hopper is dead. She has now moved in with the buyers and shipped off to California where she's going to be in high school with Will uh, and also with Jonathan, even though I thought he was 35 years old and started working in the, as a newspaper man. So that's where, like, when they had summer jobs, I was like, of course, because he's 55 years old. Yeah. Um, so, but he's still in high school, apparently. So that whole family is now in California. Um, Hopper. Uh, we learned from the trailer and some other things that he is in a Russian prison with Demogorgons that are in the actual prison with them, um, including an awesome part of the trailer where Hopper is actually fighting gladiator style with a Demogorgon. Uh, <laughs> it looks so cool, and I can't wait for that. But there are kids, obviously, who stayed behind. Lucas joins the basketball team. Max is reeling from the death of her brother, Billy. Nancy is without Jonathan and spending more time with Steve. Obviously, they used to kind of date or whatnot, so that could get a little more complicated, kind of a love triangle thing. Uh, Mike is in Hawkins temporarily, but you could see in the trailer that he ends up in California at some point. Um, and also, as like a backdrop, the town itself is kind of realizing more than ever what's going on. The government and other entities were able to kind of like shoo away some of the other uh, things from like season one, season two. But all the damage of the mall <laughs> and the big massive explosion of a nuclear weapon or any of these whatever happens down there on top of the mind flare and everything else. You can't hide that. So now the town is kind of waking up to all the horrors that these kids have faced and kind of feeling like the town is cursed. And then, oh, by the way, let's toss in an actual real bad guy, uh, Vecna, who basically looks like casual Friday Skeletor uh, to me. Love it. Where, yeah, where he's just kind of like maybe has clothes, doesn't have clothes, but he kind of has that, you know, he's a barely hanging on skin, no nose look kind of guy uh who has like these vines or these like attachments to him i don't know if he feeds off of something in particular to keep him alive anyway very cool look it was actually done by the uh uh makeup and effects artist who did the night king for game of thrones and the uh the radiation makeup from chernobyl as well so it's gonna look cool but basically there's a haunted house element uh, there's a big bad that's finally here. 
so there's a lot to go on. So when they when I see these episodes, I'm actually happy about that. I want more. If they can give me more and they're going to give me a season five, awesome. So, Shane, I know you were a little more enthused than Chris. What interests you with now either what was displayed on the trailer or any of the storylines that we're going to see coming in? Right. Uh, you went over the main one. I'm more interested with uh, Hopper and, and the, the whole fight gladiator yeah. scene in, in Russia. Yeah. That whole system has me pumped up because it's like you explained. I had to go back and recap season three because sure. there were there were so many moving parts and like I forgot about the char- the, the Murray character and his mm. involvement. I love Murray um, Bauman. So good. Brett yeah, Gelman, good. my man. Right. I forgot Carrie Elways was in it. I mean, yeah. there are so many storylines and characters that I had to go back and kind of refresh my my mind with. Yeah. Um, but the Hopper line uh, storyline is the one I am most intrigued by. And, I, you know, I liked, uh, from what I saw in the trailer, I liked uh, Steve, uh, what he's going through. I'll be interested in how they connect the California Indiana angle. Uh, yeah. How you know they all end up in California, but yeah, I'm currently rewatching season one with my daughter, which you know that's uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Because for me, season one was obviously great. Season two to me took a big step backwards, and I did like how they reestablished um, their tone with season three. Yeah, they had uh, more fun my... with it. Right, yeah. right. I'm a sucker for anything in a mall. So more mall scenes, the best. Because that's how we grew up. That's how I grew up in a mall. Or, you know, also, we we grew up being like the Russians are the bad guys for everything. So it felt kind of normal to see that as well. Right, exactly. So I, like you, I'm excited for the two and a half hour episode. The hour and a half episode. I like, yeah. I bring them. Bring them on. Like, I'm, I cannot wait for this Friday. Yeah, me neither. I, and, of course, when you say you love the Steve storyline, you love that he's shirtless in the Upside Down fighting uh, Demobats, Demogorgabats, or whatever they're calling. We had demo dogs, we had Demogorgons, now we have Demobats flying around where he's just, like, beating up on them in the Upside Down. Which is, again, another thing I heard about this season. Uh, if you guys want to check out something awesome, IGN has a trailer breakdown with the Duffers themselves. And they kind of said, like, this is their Game of Thrones season because everyone's spread out and the you know they're all dealing with different fallouts from season three as I laid out. But they also said that it's going to be more horror, that it's going to be more time in the Upside Down because basically season three has no Upside Down, uh, which is you know it was it was welcomed at the time to me. Um, but this seems if you're going to have like a big central baddie who kind of comes from that area mixed with a house that has some kind of haunted connection to the Upside Down, including, by the way, it's a house owned by the F- Creel family, which uh, the character, uh, I think it's Victor Creel, I'd have to look it up, uh, is Robert England. Uh, Freddy Krueger himself, Robert England, is playing that character who is living in that house that has a this whole demented tie. So, And his character, if you saw him, I think he's briefly in the trailer, um, is blind. He's scarred. He's got this very like haggard look to him. It's very cool, and is I'm the, looking forward to it. Is the house on Main- Elm Street? <laughs> yes, it might be. Just, I'm just uh, saying. It. Di- I didn't see anyone get sucked in through the front door, but uh, <laughs> it could have been something like that. A mannequin uh, from the mall, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they did say that with Vecna, they've been looking to get kind of something that was more tangible. And I think that's actually the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you feel this vibe, but like 
having a a Freddy Krueger esque pinhead esque, uh, you know it, you know the clown esque kind of thing, to me is the thing that this show hasn't really had. It's always been right. the demogorgon. It's been the mind flare, like these entities that we don't really see. That the closest we got was when Billy gets taken over or yeah. some person gets taken over. I like the fact that there's some tangible person that we have to be scared of. Yeah, it's a. It, it was like an essence. It was uh, this this you know thing that makes uh, Will's hair stick stand up on yeah. his yes. uh, neck. His bowl um, hair, bowl yeah. cut hair, bowl cut. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's let's get him to uh, uh, super cuts. You know, or you, let's let's get some style on this kid. <laughs> I know 1980s uh, is not an excuse for that head of hair. Yeah, um, but it's funny. Uh, I think I also brought this up to you guys. Is that uh, I keep on thinking of that meme. Uh, where everyone, you know, balks at two plus hour movie. Oh, I can't yeah. sit through that. But they'll binge a season like all weekend, like and ten hours like, in yeah. a weekend. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Never saw the light of day throughout the whole weekend, and then suddenly they're uh, you know blinded by the sunlight when they uh, emerge. <laughs> but uh, you know, re- regardless of of what it is, you know, you just figure those are movie lengths, and uh, you know, because of this podcast. I've I've had like a filled weekend of seeing multiple movies back to back. So right, yeah. what's the difference? <laughs> but now I have to pay attention and not mix my medias together. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. oh, I saw this TV show, but uh there was lightsabers in there and it was upside down, but it wasn't. <laughs> and uh, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. I, I don't know. Wait, what's going on? What are we doing? Uh, another question I have is, uh, yeah. do I have to watch Game of Thrones before I see this season of Stranger Things? Because you're referencing it kind of hard. Well, and for the only thing is like the the tone, it's more of a tone thing yeah. with, with Game of Thrones because a lot of their seasons, especially as time went on, it would be in this land and in this land and in this land. And some things wouldn't really cro- like maybe eventually cross over, but it's kind yeah. of like these separate adventures. This one, obviously, because they're in separate states, we're going to kind of start that way. And then we'll see how things get all back together, because one of the main reasons I could see, obviously, for it coming back together is Paul Reiser, who we see in the trailer, who has wasn't in season three at all. I think maybe they mention him uh, like when because the government agents that come in at the, the end, I think he might have something to do with it. Right. Um, the person who they called. But outside of that, we haven't seen him in a while we also see in that first eight minutes in flashback form of matthew modine who is uh who was presumed dead he got attacked by a demogorgon right uh correct i believe so the uh the whole thing was we all thought he might be dead but he was quote killed off screen so uh as i uh heard from the duffer brothers themselves i guess it's been confirmed that matthew modine did not die in that attack that he is still alive and well. And so we're going to get all the, well, they spoiled. (laughs) I know they spoiled it. Yeah. But I guess you're going to see all the people who have previously been pulling the strings come back into the fold. Um, It's going to be interesting because that first eight minutes, they show the Hawkins lab, but even before we first saw 11. So I don't know if we're going to get any more of like that season two effort to bring in other people who are in the lab or or besides Matthew Bodine obviously but 
that stuff didn't work the greatest in season two. That was part of the reason why I think season two was a little bit of a step back. Um, but, you know, it, it, it could be something interesting if we're tying all these things finally all together. Um, and, of course, I would assume because we're getting a season five that certain people probably can't die or certain things maybe have to carry over. There's a lot of things because we already know that. It's like the Marvel effect where it's like, yeah, we get in, uh, Infinity War. I wonder if all these people are going to die. Oh, wait, they already have the trailer for Endgame showing who survived. Or, oh, look, the Black Panther movie's coming out. I think he survived. You know, stuff like that. So we'll probably have a good idea. But, Shane, I know you were really hell-bent on wanting to start, like, a death pool of, like, who's going to die in season four. And we kind of talked about this. Are, have you solidified who your choice is, who you think you is ultimately going to die in season four? Because I, I think at some point there has to be some kind of, um, there has to be something that someone's going to have to bite the bullet. I'm sorry. Like, you can't go through everything they've gone through and just keep escaping their situation. So even though there's going to be season five, I just feel like there has to be some kind of emotional toll that someone bites the bucket. So... <laughs> <laughs> And I honestly think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be either Mike or Will. Interesting. Will will be one of the main characters. Will, I, I have been saying, and I think I said to you guys, that he's been so much of a weak character since season one. Uh, he had a little bit of a moment in season two, but basically he's got the spidey sense <laughs> to know when the mind flare or any of these other upside down creatures are like kind of coming around yeah but other than that he's he's just basically like an alert like nobody cares if anything he's just the guy going god will everybody stop growing up because i don't want to grow up i want to play D &D. i want to be the wet blanket they made him kind of a you know yeah even his mom doesn't care as much (laughs) you know like how she cared so much in the beginning season three like it wasn't like Oh, where's Will? You know, that guy who almost died so many times and got possessed by uh, <laughs> the Upside Down. Uh, oh, right, that kid. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but man, I can he's see- annoying. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. But Go I can see outside. him dying. I actually thought, and before I saw like the trailer and everything, so maybe less so now, but I thought he was a perfect character to uh, break bad. Like, he would be a guy who is just like, oh, everybody wants to go off and get girlfriends and leave me behind after I went through all that stuff. Well, screw you guys. And then he gets, like, taken over by, you know, possessed kind of like Billy did or something. That would be interesting if they had to fight amongst each other. Uh, I thought that would be kind of cool. And maybe maybe we see something like that. Maybe I'm clairvoyant. I don't know. (laughs) I don't have any inside information. But I said to you, Shane, based on the trailer and everything, I think Max is on the chopping block. And if not, Uh... Will and or his mom, sorry, I know your affinity for Winona Ryder, but I feel like that's the one. Wow. Okay. I, I that would be kind of messed up if they took out a whole family, meaning Max. And <laughs> like, seriously. Like, yeah. I know. That'd be kind of messed up. I think. Max but this is, is what they do. The, I know. I know. But I think Max is going to play a bigger role in this season than we may think. And I don't know why. This is a gut impression I have. I think it's more than that. If you see the trailer, like, a she's the one who keeps seeing that ominous clock that keeps coming around, <laughs> which I guess has some tie to Vecna, or at least the house itself, and then. Um, in the trailer as well, she gets lifted into the air while at the graveyard site for her brother. So that could her being could be being taken over. That could be the start of some fight that gets her killed. So 
I think that happens. Chris, do you have a dog in the fight here? Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention that this episode is brought to you by DraftKings, uh, where we're all <laughs> going to start the death pool for season four before it starts on Friday. Chris, do you have any odds on somebody? Uh, listen, uh, if they if they know what's good for them, they can't kill off Max because then she would be the second redhead to be killed off. Mm. Justice for Babs. <laughs> It's true. It's just kind of ginger. Was she a full redhead? I came and remember. I think it's she been was so long. I think I she know. was. Yeah. 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 But uh, no. Uh, it's funny that uh, that you guys bring up the Deadpool, and maybe it was brought up because uh, Millie had said this is the time for people to start dying because it, it, it there's too many people now. Yeah. So you know, start thinning the herd. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah. And she's maybe she knows something. Maybe she's like, I'm safe. So screw all the rest of you. <laughs> exactly. I'm under contract. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm in towards the end. Um, well, the show is about her. And it'd be interesting, yeah, especially because Hopper has to probably enter the picture. But maybe he and he's already, quote, sacrificed himself once. But man, it'd be it'd be weird if he like did it again. But this time for real. Well, if you think about it, like. Eleven brought everyone together, gave them purpose of this, you know, little town. And, you know, if she were to be. Yeah. Then, you know, there would be some some resonance, some, you know, I I don't know. I I want everyone just to survive. You know, I want everyone (laughs) just to have a good time. You know, Demi Gorgons and all. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was uh, if. If I'm Eduardo Franco, who is basically the only person of note who's kind of like the new person in town, he plays Argyle. I guess he's going to be friends with them in California, and you see him kind of a lot in the trailer. I'd feel bad for him because think of the people who have died. It's been like Billy, who got introduced late. You know, he's he basically got like a season plus before he turns bad yeah. and dies. And then... Sean Astin, Bob Bob. in season two, you know, and Barb, like these extraneous characters who get like that one season wonder get introduced and then killed. That's kind of what has been their MO. So if I'm a new character introduced this season, I'm going to go, no, 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 please don't kill me. (laughs) I was going to say, and uh, the, uh, the, the Russian, the Russian guy that uh, that Murray was with. Yeah. Lexi. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, that, he was a fan favorite, and then bam, he's gone. Yeah, but you like, can't wow. be much of a fan favorite when people like binge you over a weekend, and then you're not around anymore. <laughs> but I know, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. You know, oh, that's uh, another person, Murray. Murray might be on the block too because <gasps> he's kind of been Shut in your it, mouth. but he's not bullying it. I love him. I I think he's one of my favorite characters. So, any other loose thoughts kicking around before we get to watch this and digest this finally this weekend, guys? Yeah, I, I'm just ready to watch it at this point and just see where we go from here. What does your daughter think of it uh, now that you've been watching it? <clears throat> she actually really likes it. Um, she's really into it. So we're like on episode five of season one, so we're just getting to the thick of things. Sure. So, But no, she's not put off by it or scared by it right now. <laughs> we'll see as yeah. the season goes along. Right. But uh yeah, she, she's digging it so far, and it's funny because you after obviously you know after not watching it for like five years, you you know you forget things and you just get brought back to your attention. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. So I'm enjoying this this second go around with season one. Yeah, Chris, anything? 
No, I, I'm walking slowly into the room, hoping everything's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna take it in, and I, I will hopefully catch up with everyone's enthusiasm. But until yeah. then, I'm just gonna be cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and I I am the same way. I I am. I think because I've ingested that first eight minutes in the trailer breakdown and everything else, I, I'm slowly becoming really way more hyped and happy that I'm hitting it right at the right time as it is coming out this Friday. Um, hit us up on Recent Act Pod on Twitter and Instagram and tell us what you think, uh, what you're looking forward to. Join in on the conversation we already kind of started on our Twitter feed because, yeah, man, I am all in. It's going to be a busy, busy weekend. We're all seeing Top Gun in the next few days. Uh, you know, then we're going to do the whole Obi-Wan thing. And yeah, it's it, Shane's no longer Shane anymore. He's just only Inferno. I yeah. like it's going to be that's his uh, thing. I'm sorry, Chris. What was your call sign again? Mine was uh, Jackpot and yours, Jackpot. yours is Hatchet. I looked hatchet, it up again. That's what. It, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm working it. on the art on that yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah absolutely and also don't forget I, I did have this idea and i should have mentioned it before but i don't want you to forget my idea for men where i need a tiger beat magazine kind of thing of like which <laughs> take which a quiz rory of which rory Kinnear i am yeah. yeah i need that in my life that needs to happen uh, and I think we need to start. Maybe we should do like a Twitter poll and then whichever ones survive, we'll do the uh, Tiger Bee article and do oh, something geez. like that because I'm 100% in on that. Um, but that is us. That is our recent activity for this week. Obviously, you know what's coming up because we just kind of laid it out there. A lot to digest, and you will see it all and hear our thoughts next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>